thank you, Father, for uh, allowing us into your presence in such a great way. It is a blessing to know you, and we will never, ever change our confession about that. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to make a quick note here. this back to Miss Jackie, please. Thank y'all. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Have to get my mind freed from everything that uh, needs to be done. So, praise God. So last week, we were talking about the discipline of the disciple. <clears throat> and, amen. And um, it's always good to understand what we're involved in when you belong to God. You know, when we... Uh, uh, preach the gospel and, and people get saved and uh, they rejoice in their salvation. They rejoice because it's something to rejoice about when your sins are forgiven and you know it, uh, forgiven for real and forgiven by God. Uh, it's a wonderful and glorious experience, but that really is just the first step into your life in the kingdom. And uh, Jesus gives us a firm command to follow him once we are saved. We don't get to go and do things our own way. Now, I'm not saying we don't do it, but for the most part, we start to realize what follow me, me means. And so what that means is that since you're a new creature, you've never done, you have no experience with this. And so God wants to take us from being brand new believers and being babies in him to full maturity. Now, there is no known schedule time frame uh, about when full maturity occurs. So what that means is you have to follow him and find out what it means. Now, we have traditions, uh, traditional ways of thinking about uh, the things of God, traditional ways of interacting in a church setting, so forth and so on. Uh, most churches have Sunday school, they have new beginners class, they have uh, a structure whereby they attempt to allow people to grow and learn and mature, but that never guarantees the success, <laughs> but you got to make an attempt at it anyway. And uh, my feeling was that uh, immediately God can teach people how to obey him and follow him at the same time. So my feeling was that every person who was born again could do some type of ministry from God day one. Because if you look in the Bible, they all did. The apostles, the disciples were disciples until the resurrection, then they were apostles. So they were in training until Jesus rose from the, the, the dead and gave them the authority and power to be the church. Amen. And so that was like an overnight thing. 
immediately when they received power, when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they began to go out pretty much on their own, independent of being under Jesus' care all the time and under his guidance continually. But he said, I'm leaving, but you get another comforter. Somebody who will come, and, and comforter means helper. It means somebody who is called alongside of you uh, to assist you. In the, and Jesus called him another comforter, similar to what he did. And so now we have the invisible Holy Spirit indwelling us and also upon us to give us the power to follow Jesus. And so it's a different kind of following, but it is following just the same. So where Jesus was one man managing all the believers that, that were on the earth at that time, the Holy Spirit's uh, work is to work with us individually. So now you have individual attention. Remember when Jesus was with the disciples, they fought over who was going to get be noticed by Jesus and who was going to sit on his, you know. They were fighting for attention. <clears throat> but now you get all the attention you need because the Holy Spirit indwells you. You talk to him anytime. He can help you with everything. It's, it's all good. And so God always has a greater plan for his people, a greater plan for his body. But we are still to follow him. Now when we follow Jesus, we're following him into several different areas. In Matthew 4, you see when he first called the disciples, Matthew 4.11, I'm sorry, not 4.11, 4.19. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It says in what? Right away. Straight away. They left their nets and followed him. The invitation of God is always a right away invitation. It is never uh, when you get around to it and when you feel like you are mature enough or when you've got enough inner healing or outer healing or, you know, cars and trucks and whatever else you want and then you follow him. There's no following. You're just, you're just saved and hanging around if you don't immediately follow God because he doesn't put up with people who aren't sincere. Because he's asking you to follow him into a, a totally new life that he's got planned for you. And so if somebody's got serious plans for you, they don't expect you to, to respond to the invitation in a half-hearted way or in a part-time way or when you get ready to way or when you, you had enough sin way or you had enough of the things you want to do that you've always wanted to do way. He don't care about none of that stuff. When he says, follow me, he means follow me right now. Drop what you're doing. Count it all as nothing because it is nothing. And see, compared to what he has in store for you, your eye has not seen nor has your ear heard the things that he's got in store. But you got to follow him to find them out. There's no such thing as... Uh, Follow me and I'm going to give you this. Follow me, I'm going to give you that. Follow me, I'm going to make it wonderful for you. There's no such promise. It's just follow me and then see what it is. Because if God told us everything he's going to do for us when He, when the first day you're saved, if you found out everything, you said that, mm, 
I don't know if I, mm, I well, well, what, well, suppose I want to do that. Suppose I, there's no bartering and bargaining when he just says, follow me. Then you'll find out. Once you make the step, first step following, that's when you find out what the rest of it is. And he gives it to you a thing at a time, a space at a time. But I'll tell you one thing, it's all ordained for you. It all belongs to you. And it's always on time and on schedule as long as you respond to him in the correct way. I found many years ago, it's a mistake. I watched many Christians sit around and do nothing sit around and gossip in the church and mess things up for people and be critical of people and judgmental about people and get in sin and all of that because they were not following the Lord. If you follow Jesus, you don't get into trouble. If you follow Jesus, you don't backslide. If you follow Jesus and follow him every day, He's not thinking about you. Listen, God will take care of you. There's so many blessings along the way of following Jesus. It'll make your head spin. He didn't ordain for the church to struggle and strain just to get rent paid. That's not his way. That's not his will. That's the way of the world. In fact, if you were in the world, you probably get stuff done a lot faster because when you're in the kingdom and trying to get things done, you're struggling against God in many instances. And so we have to understand what Jesus means when he calls us his disciples, when he calls us his students, when he tells us. It's like if you got enrolled in school and they told you, class, your class, you're enrolled in uh, 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 biochemistry. What? Well, give me a number, Nikki. One oh two oh something. Yeah, two thirty five, and it meets when. Okay, so can you just come anytime you want to and get your biochemistry 235? I don't think so. Same thing with God. He's G-O-D God, amen? You don't enroll in born again and then show up when you feel like showing up for what you like because you ain't going to like none of it. As long as you don't have the attitude of immediately following him, you're not going to like anything he puts on your plate. He's trying to divorce you from your likes, which always get you in trouble, don't they? Huh? And when you got saved, you know, my life is so messed up. I don't know, but I love you. And somebody said, Jesus will take it all away. Oh, happy day. That's right. Y'all sang with me. Woo! Yeah, and all of that until he said, drop what you're doing and follow me. (laughs) But see, my boyfriend, he can follow me too, but you're going to have to pray for him to get saved, but you're going to have to follow me. I called you by yourself. You were born in the natural alone. You're born again alone, you die alone. So you have to have a relationship with God to complete all the sandwich in between, amen? And he wants you to follow. The problem people have is they're still chasing what they want out of life before they met the Lord because they don't know how to let it go. Because the first thing we think is if I let it go, then what do I have? 
And then you get in church. I give you Jesus. He's the peace that passes all. I love that song. I, I give me Jesus. Well, you got him. <laughs> he said, follow me. Do what I tell you to do. If I don't tell you to do it, you don't do it. Sit at home by yourself for a while. Open up your Bible. Huh? But he ain't giving me nothing to do. He gave you plenty to do. Huh? I used to bug my husband sometimes about going out. He said, well, let's just sit up here and look at each other for a second. I said, that's a real cheap day. <laughs> so I go get my word. You understand what I'm saying? I get the hit, Lord. So you just can't have everything you want when you want it. And your soul is going to fight you for the follow me. Your soul is going to put up a fuss for you following Jesus. And that's your first indication that you're on the right road. When your soul don't like it, you know you're on the right road. So God wants us to follow him. Follow him where? He says into the regeneration. Huh? Matthew 19. <clears throat> Let me turn there. I think this is the one. And verse 28, verse 27, then answered Peter and said to him, behold, we have forsaken all and followed you. What are you going to give us? Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the son of man shall sit on the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So that's your reward for following him. You follow Jesus and let him reconstruct you. Let him reform you. Let him take you from, from silly putty to the Mona Lisa, if you will. You understand what I'm saying? Let him reshape and remold you and reconform you to the original image that he created you in. Because we're all damaged goods here, folks. I don't care if you were raised in a Christian household and had the best of everything. You're still damaged goods from your birth, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Everybody has to go through the regeneration process, and it never ends. It is ongoing. So we are always disciples of the Lord. The, 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 the original 12, even when they were conferred, as apostles were still disciples. They were still learning. They were still in training. They were going through hard, difficult situations to make sure they never conform to the world again. And that's what God wants. He wants the world out of us so that we can fulfill our kingdom commitment. We can uh, fulfill our kingdom purpose and we can receive the kingdom blessings that he wants us to have. So, God has already called us unto his power and his glory. And as we follow Jesus, he means that we must discipline ourselves to learn his ways. It's a discipline. It's not like, like sometimes you'll think to yourself, well, uh, 
uh, God, God wants me to pray about this and pray about it. And if it's something you really want, you're so diligent praying for it. Pray for it every time the, the hat drops. You, you got a prayer there. And, and then when you get it, you lose your zeal. You lose your interest in prayer so much. Because we all want something until we get it. And then we get it, we don't want the discipline that it put. But think of if you kept that same zeal and discipline about everything that God considered important to him and prayed about it that way. Because we want to go back to, it's like, I'm going to do this for this season, then I'm going to go back to doing what I want to do when I want to do it. And that's what we all do. Because your soul, your carnal soul is so fatigued by the fact that your spirit now wants to take over. Your flesh warns, wars against your spirit. Your flesh doesn't want your spirit to take control because he knows that every day you obey the spirit of God, he dies a little bit more. And he dies. And this is what you want. You want your soul to die. You want your flesh to die. You want your soul really to be recreated and renewed but die to the things that used to give it pleasure. Die to the things that it used to like doing. You know, remember when you somebody you didn't like at work, you found out they was in trouble? Put a big smile on your face. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Well, the Bible tells us not to rejoice in iniquity anymore, so we can't do that kind of stuff no more. huh? But it's just simple little things like that, that God is transforming us so that we know what love means. We know how to give love. You ever you ever felt like, well, I have to keep liking this person. I have to keep doing, well, how come I'm the only one that has to repent all the time? How come I got to forgive all the time? How come I got to, because that's your job. So you do your job and God will take care of you. You don't take care of yourself anymore. Yeah, that's true. You don't take care of you. God takes care of you. God helps you in everything. He provides for you. And if he says, I'm your provider, what that means is you do what I tell you to do and don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're gonna, where you're going to sleep, how you're going to wear, what's taking. I take care of you. So he doesn't want to... Str- why would he save you and tell you to work for him and obey him and then let you be burdened with all of your your needs, your wants, and all this kind of stuff? It's not right. So if we will just follow him, make him the center of everything, do what he puts before us to do, no grumbling, no complaining, no, you know, I know on the, you know, your mind will, you got to learn how to stop that because as long as that's active, you're going to have to go through your paces again to get that thing discarded, quieted down, whatever. It's got to be dealt with until you get peace in your soul about everything that God gives you to do. You get peace in your soul about who you are and what he can expect of you. You've got to have total peace about that. You can't be a wannabe any longer. You got to be a made woman or a made man already. You you can't can't you know if the mafia can do it. I know you the kingdom can. And so being made means you don't have any worries anymore. 
that's us. We're made in the image of Christ and we are totally capable of following him. We can do these things, but we have to make sure that we realize that there is a discipline to it. You don't do it for a season and then fall back in the flesh and have a good time. That your good time should be rejoicing in him and following him so that after a while the discipline becomes your reward. You know, you, you just, you know, it's like people, people who are bodybuilders. I think I gave this example before. They don't want to get up and do it any more than you do, but they force themselves to. They force their flesh to obey what their mind wants to accomplish. And then they're looking forward to, well, I want to take so many inches off here, so many pounds off here. I want to build up this muscle group and that muscle group. And after they start making progress, the just showing up at the gym becomes their their reward in doing it. They're not looking at how much building they're doing from day to day and wondering, is it going to get there? Am I ever going to get rid of this? When you're at that stage, you still need to stick with the discipline more. You're not ready yet to relax your mind about it. But you got to train your flesh to get in gear and make yourself get and do certain things until they're automatic. And when they're automatic, then God will begin to add more to that. But until you pass the automatic stage, then you can't have more added. And so much of our discipline is to get us trained, get your spirit trained to get you in gear and get you moving, get you motivated. This will keep you coming to church regularly and on time and not backsliding and not putting God. To, and see, when you look at it, if you look at it really, you'll see what God is proving to us in his word. The Bible says God is not mocked whatsoever you sow, you reap. Many of us, should be way ahead of where we are as far as knowledge, ability, skill, ability, anointing, drawing people in. But what do we do? We, we go with God in a zeal for a certain period of time, and then we get comfortable. And we never convict ourselves about our comfort zone. Because what we do, we look around and see what everybody else does. But see, we all want to be used by God. We all, but we want it when we, when it's convenient for us, huh? Jesus never did the convenient thing. He did what the Father told him. And he did it joyfully. And he did it gladly. See, when your heart starts to sink about the things that God is commanding you to do, you're already in trouble. Because then you'll start getting slack about it. Then you'll start not really caring. You don't care if you get the the uh, answer to your prayer. You don't care if things, you understand what I'm saying? Little by little, you let those things you used to be excited about, you start letting those slip. Because you know you're not entitled to them because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You see what I'm saying? Now, if, if you're going to participate in the end time move of God, you know, these little phrases we use, these things are real. God really is going to put more power on people to do the things that need to be done. 
you've got sick people in your family. Some of them will be terminally sick or some of them will never recover. God has an anointing that will get them healed like that. But he can't put it on people who are slothful and not disciplined. Somebody say out. Somebody say something. You know what? Because we, what we do, we hold our breath until it's over with. You hold your breath through the pain. Huh? Then you exhale and you forget what was said. See, it never affects you. Never mix it with faith. I want you to say, Father, I renounce inhaling and holding my breath. And I want to mix this word with my faith so that I can do it and get maximum results out of my Christianity. Now, listen, you, you've got to put yourself into a godly discipline. You have to. Because this, this is no time for slothfulness in God's kingdom. In fact, it's never time for that. We don't have time to play around with the devil, y'all. But discipline is very important. Because God needs to know that he can count on people. Huh? He needs to know that. You need to know that people who that God places you under their care are disciplined people. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to find another place to preach and stay on the road, quote unquote, because I'm a prophet. You understand what I'm saying? That's not what God's given me to do. And I can guarantee you it's not what he's given many people to do. Because he wants to you to be proven faithful over big numbers, little numbers. Great people, everyday people, people who have great needs, people who have no needs, all that kind of stuff. See, I'm under test all the time, every day. I have to get up and go to Detroit. We got a handful of people there. Most people wouldn't even bother. You understand what I'm saying? So that's my discipline test. Are you going to continue to do this as long as I tell you to do it, no matter who's there? So we all got to stay under discipline, folks. This is not, this ain't no game. This is not, don't let condemnation talk you into asking for less from God. And this is what discipline will do for you. Because if you're disciplined and you're doing what God tells you to do without balking, squawking, shrugging your shoulders, saying it doesn't matter, it's not important. You get there when you get there. You do what you do. You understand what I'm saying? That's a very poor attitude, and especially about the things of God. So when you do that, check yourself. Don't make excuses for that kind of attitude in you. Check yourself. And say, you know what, God, this ain't right. And don't quit asking him for what you want. Because that's the next thing that will happen. See, we get, we get slothful and, and start getting lax, dragging in when we get ready to drag in. And then we tell ourselves, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because I got busy doing this, this, this. But you don't do that with your work. You don't do that at your job. So really what you're saying, you respect your boss more than you respect God. Well, no, not really. Yes, you do. Because God doesn't believe you believe that he's number one until you prove it with your actions. That's how faith works. You prove it with your actions. 
And so little by little bit, you convince yourself that what, what God commands you to do and that you don't do is really not important. You convince yourself it's not important. You know why? Because you can look around at other people do the same thing, same slothful habits you have. That must not be important. Huh? So we got to stop, folks. And I mean stop. We've got to get a, a respect for God because, see, this is why the world mocks us because they see how we operate. Well, if your God is that good, why don't you do more for him? Huh? Why don't you do your best for him? Why are you so easily talked out of doing what God wants you to do if he's so good? And see, we begin to lie within ourselves when we do that. And see, condemnation for your lack of discipline will cause your faith to wane where you don't expect the great thing that you've always thought you wanted in your heart. Where you don't want, because you, in a sense, in you knows you don't deserve it because you're not measuring up. So little by little, we don't want to attain as much. We don't want to do as much. We don't want to. Yeah. Get in here, Nikki. Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> she sneaked out. But I'm telling you what I know. And see, I'm not made of anything different than you're made of. At all. Flesh and blood. Just like you. <laughs> Spirit. <laughs> and don't think that a gift from God gets you on easy street. It's more work, to be honest with you. Maintain a normal life. You know, have a, a husband that wants to walk out on you because you serve God and you still keep fighting it. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not like, oh, you can do that because you, yeah. Don't ever let your mind tell you that. Huh? It's just as hard as me. See, there are certain things I learned not to pay attention to if I'm a work for God. Huh? I don't pay attention to critics. God don't send people to criticize you. He sends people to counsel you. He sends people to pray for you. He sends people to prophesy to you. But he does not send critics to speak into your life. Got me? Number two, you don't listen to the devil. Because he's not your helper anyway. You've got to divorce yourself from him. Number three, you don't listen to your wants. In fact, you starve them buddies, huh? You don't listen to lack. You don't listen to gotta have. You don't listen to any of that kind of stuff. Because I'm satisfied. Because God takes care of me. So you got to get yourself to the place of satisfied because God takes care of you. And once you get that, you're free. Because there's nothing going to nag you for being disciplined. There's nothing going to nag you. For being to church on time, there's nothing that's going to nag you from tithing and giving your best to God. Nothing's going to bug you when you get yourself complete in him. But as long as your mind makes you crave because it thinks lack all the time, you're going to have some problems. 
So you got to know who you are. You got to know who is he, what he's called you to be. And you got to follow him every day and be that person. You just have to be that. And no matter what people say to you contrary to it, no matter what the devil tells you contrary to it, you got to be determined every day. I'm going to be this person that God says I am. And I'm not going to be anything else but that. You got me? And follow him. He's a good God, but he's not good if you can't follow him. You'll never know his goodness if you don't learn how to follow the Lord. The purpose of discipline. Oh, we talked about, okay, we'll do the purpose of discipline. We need to have a discipline to walk in the newness of a faith life that God has for us. Not a natural life, but a faith life. We need to walk as justified people. That we are made right with God and man by faith. You've got to believe that you're justified. Don't let your misbehavior and your lack of discipline talk you out of your justification. You've got to pursue walking behind the Lord and doing what he tells you to do. What's not of faith is sin. Sin is who you follow, not just what you do. Sin is who you follow, not just what you do. The purpose of discipline is to keep you in God's purpose and will and strengthen you for the battle or the fight of faith. Every day you've got to fight to stay in the purpose of God, in the faith of God, and in the will of God. Every day. Every day when you get up, you've got to address God and find out what he has for you to do this day. Some of you, if, if, if God took certain things from you, you wouldn't know what to do. And we shouldn't live like that. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, like if your job ended tomorrow, what would you do? See, you've got to have enough confidence in God to say, well, God, I know you, you're going to take care of me, so why should I worry about anything? But see, some of us are holding on so tight to the things of the world because that becomes your security if you don't consistently follow Jesus. You know, you've got to consistently follow him. Once you follow him consistently, he frees you up from the cares of this life. Everybody's worried about everything. When am I going to do this? When am I going to get this? And, when you, you know, we, we act like that's normal to live from one blessing to the next. But your life is blessed no matter what you have in your natural surroundings the blessings in you you release it anytime you want to but you got to follow him see this is why we get mad at the faith people that seem to have everything you know what i'm saying because they follow the lord the difference between them and us is they have a discipline about them to continue to follow jesus and that's part of the reward of following him they can use their faith for whatever they want to use it for because they have that liberty in God to do it 
And so many times we look at that and don't know what to make of it. But we just look at it and say, well, no, nah, I don't know if I want it that bad, <laughs> you know, to be like so-and-so. Huh? And just write it off. But it's for everybody, folks. So the purpose of discipline to keep you in God's will and purpose and to strengthen you for the battle. It's to encourage you that you are being consistently obedient. Obedience, it has its own reward. That frees your conscience from condemnation. If you know you're doing what God wants you to do, you are the freest person. Now think about it. There's nothing being charged against you. No priors. No tickets somebody can find. No lawsuits pending, holding on somewhere. There's just nothing against you whatsoever. So obedience and having a knowledge that you're obedient is a great reward. Because there's a freedom there people just don't get without that follow, being obedient to the follow Christ, whatever he tells you to do. Some of us would cringe to do some of the things that others of us do. When it's all following Jesus, it's all stuff that the Lord has done. But we're scared he's going to tell us to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you're scared, he won't. Huh? Because he can't use you if you don't have peace. But see, there's a discipline that some people call themselves to where they wouldn't refuse to do anything God told them to do. Amen? Purpose of discipline is to keep you out of a place called quit. Because that's the other. You know, you can lose heart so quickly if you are not keeping up. You know, and not being current with what God tells you to do. The reward of God is for those who endure. Endure what? Endure hardship. It, it is hard not doing everything your flesh wants to do. But it's only hard for a season. And after God finds out you're going to be obedient to him, then he allows you the freedom of a clear conscience, the freedom of uh, a hopeful heart, the freedom. There's a, a world that opens up to you where you have no fear to ask anything that you desire. That's where he wants us all to abide. That's why he put that in the Bible. He said, ask anything in my name and I'll give it to you. But that's for people that follow him and obedient to him. Many times we don't ask much because we know we're not entitled to have it. You condemn because following him is not a priority. It's got to be a priority, folks. All disciples can easily go to the place called quit. When Jesus was crucified, all 12 of the disciples quit. They had walked in power. They had walked in privilege. You don't think it was a privilege to be around Jesus back in the day? Huh? They were known. They had reputation. But then when they saw that all in jeopardy, what did they do? Quit. Didn't know how to endure. Now, that was really God's plan that they do. But it's a lesson to us. 
that quit is so it doesn't matter how anointed you are how how accurate your prophecies are any of that stuff you break discipline and you can quit quit is right at the door begging for you to come in we were looking yesterday i found an article i just was breezing through my phone halfway sleeping and halfway you know uh, on the bus home and i saw where uh what's that guy's list joshua what's his name pastor shirley forgot the book that we had all the young people read i, I kiss dating goodbye yeah. right he left his wife said he's not a christian anymore and he started apologizing for all of the teaching that he's done huh somebody broke discipline listening to critics that's why you can't listen to people now criticize is different than counsel is different than than sharing and you know working out differences you know pointing out offenses and all that kind of stuff that people do all the time it's not a big problem it's not a big deal but critics are those people who will tell you you're wrong and want you to have to defend yourself see when you get in your own defense you've got an idiot for a client you got me huh because that's what jesus the, the devil wants to do is put us on the uh, the witness stand so he can interrogate us about our discipline about our lack of wanting to give up and quit you got me i know people who have threatened backsliding and came back to god and they'll say what well, i know is is it, what uh i never got so far away from god that i quit doing that's the discipline that's holding me. You see what I'm saying? We all got to have it, folks. You all got to have it. I know there are people who are, are, are uh, committed tithers. They would walk away from church mad at people, but they always set that tenth aside. You understand what I'm saying? That was the discipline. See, the discipline is that string that holds you to God no matter what your mind tells you you can't tolerate anymore. But you just can't hang on by that thread forever. You got to build on it. Jesus wants you to build on that foundation of a discipline. Don't listen. I keep telling y'all, don't listen to people who walk away from this ministry. You sit up and listen to that and you... you straddle the fence your butt ought to be sore from living on a rail you understand what i'm saying anybody gets sick of straddling the fence you're not all the way in but you're not all the way out holding on for but one day you're gonna get pushed over the devil's gonna push you you either you get all the way in you keep following the lord you don't follow everybody's little story they want to tell you devil sets you up with friends i don't care if they're christian friends you know some people get up and preach so good and then you listen to them two years later and they so off the wall you I, and you love people i love people but i ain't crazy i ain't crazy in love 
know, you can get stupid off of people sometimes. So God gives you discipline to keep you out of the place called quit. When Jesus was arrested, so were the disciples' plans. Offense comes when conflict and struggle dominate your attention and your plans appear to be in jeopardy. See, there's there's a place where <clears throat> conflict multiplies in your life. You know, one thing after another, after another, after another. Well, how are you going to get through that so that you can continue with the plan of God? Your discipline is going to have to take you through. Those things that you refuse to cross the line and quit doing. But don't just live there. Don't live in a, 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 a line of, well, at least I don't. Huh? I know I don't come on time all the time, but at least I don't quit coming. That would be next. Makes you think you can hang on by a thread forever. You understand what I'm saying? You already admit that you're not as interested as you need to be. people who want something bad you ought to see how y'all go after stuff you really want huh put your name in my phone push that little plus thing new contact huh put your name in my phone oh Let's take a selfie together. Huh? Any on speed dial? See, you got a routine and a discipline for stuff you want. You want Jesus? You got to have a routine and a discipline for him too. Just because he's there all the time, it doesn't mean he's putting up with your shenanigans. And it doesn't mean he's pleased with it either. Oh, okay, I still got my job. That must mean I, he loves me. Yeah, he does. He just don't want you to be a burden on your family or the church. But as far as you doing your part, that's not true. See, don't gauge, you know, uh, the Lord, there's a script, scripture that says, because I delayed judgment, you thought I was like you. <laughs> He ain't like us. And most humans won't put up with our nonsense either. There's a new movement called walk away. And there's a lot of people in it. People walk away real easily from what's nonsense. Amen. Now God will never leave you or forsake you. But that don't mean you everything you're doing is okay with him. So you've got to get under a discipline. So offense comes when conflict and struggle dominate your attention. You know what that means? Something you want isn't coming in soon enough. And you can't quit fretting about it. 
you can't quit it you, you can't put it away I've been there I know if y'all ain't been there that's okay you understand what I'm saying but see when when there's something that we desire and it's not happening on the scale we want it to then we wonder what is wrong that wondering the seed of that wondering is a lack of discipline cuz you can you can talk to some of the old timers oh if i pray for something it's not coming as soon as i need it i check my they got a checklist Am I, am I in sin somewhere? Am I talking about people too much? Amen. Am I not paying what I, I owe to God? Am I not doing what I, and so what they'll do to beef it up is they'll go out and start doing extra. You ever cleaned out your closet because you just felt you needed to, huh? That's an extra seed you need to sow. So you can pull that harvest. You got something else out there planted so you can pull that harvest in. See, that's just wisdom. See, there's always something that we can point to that is lack, that if we supplied that, things would go a lot more smoothly for us. But see, we want to believe it's never a problem. Oh, this is okay. That's okay. Everything ain't okay. Does Jesus look like the kind of person that would say it's okay? He's holy. Holy people don't say everything's okay. All 12 of the disciples quit Jesus. So you have quit in you, even when you're under the master's constant watch. Quit is still there. He brought them back after after they were converted. So conversion is what's necessary. Conversion means that your mind gets changed permanently from playing around with the things of God to being sincere about the things of God, to being zealous about the things of God, to being committed to the things of God, and to putting the things of God first. That's conversion. See, the Bible says when when Jesus talked to Peter, and, and uh, uh, he said, who do you say that I am? You're, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and, and blood didn't reveal this to you. Amen? Then he told him, he said, when you are converted, then you can strengthen your brother. Many of us are trying to strengthen each other in the wrong thing. Not converted yet. Huh? That's why people who brought you to church don't come anymore. They're trying to strengthen you, and it's a good thing that they're out working for God, but they got to walk that line of discipline where they're converted themselves so they don't shoot their witness down the road. So it is a problem for people of God because we have a wonderful time in the things of the spirit. It's wonderful when somebody gives you a report that that you prayed for and they tell you they got healed. But don't take that for granted and slack up on your discipline of the everyday things that you do for God because pretty soon that won't excite you anymore. See, we can't live from excitement to excitement. We live from glory to glory. We live from being converted 
within to another conversion within certain things that you used to like you don't like anymore certain things and you look at one day and you say well god here i am with you and i don't like this no more that no more i guess i'll spend more time with you that's the discipline that's the follow him that's what he's after that's what you're after you ain't got sense enough to know it sometimes because we spend so much time whatever we've imbalanced ourselves in christianity with too much emphasis on the material world i say that all the time once you know that god will prosper you what would be your next step finding what to do to get him to do it you don't have to be convinced over and over and over again that Malachi 3.10 works or any other Luke 6.38 works or Amos 9.13. You don't have to be convinced over and over again that it works. You just got to go about doing what it takes to do to get it to work. That's why you got people sitting up in meetings. They've been under the same teaching for 20 years or more. And they still ain't got the airplane they got stuck on the refrigerator. They still don't have the Mercedes they got stuck somewhere. They still don't have the, the uh, you know, five-bedroom, five-bathroom house somewhere that they put on the refrigerator back in the 80s. Huh? Because the discipline to bring it to pass isn't there. Now, people who have it won't tell you that's the missing ingredient. Because they don't know how they get it. But if God sees you following him consistently, he'll give you anything you want. If you don't stop off to get mad at somebody and stop off to tell somebody off and stop off to stay in animosity and stop off to quit doing this and quit doing that and have a little fit and and have a stroke, a mini stroke somewhere, whatever you want to have because you can't get what you want. If you don't pause to do all of those things, you're a pretty good candidate for staying in the discipline that it takes to bring in the things that you want from God. To have the faith develop for those things. And to do the obedience that it takes to bring that level of prosperity into your life. You got to be about something. And I mean 24-7. Things that help you to not quit and to stay under God's discipline. Because you must humble yourself to God every day. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season, he will exalt you. What's due season? None of your business. He ain't going to never tell you what due season is. Due season is when it's due to you, and not before. If you knew a date, time, and hour, trust me, you break discipline because you'd assume it's coming anyway because you got a date. Don't let time mess you up. Too little or too much time can mess up your discipline because we have a tendency to put God last when we want to do a lot of things instead of keeping him first. And allowing him to bring them into our, you can trust God. He's not your enemy. 
He's your friend. He's your helper. He wants you to have stuff, but he wouldn't have promised it to you. And if you'll trust him and get your eyes off of what you want and when it's coming and keep yourself focused on what he wants you to do. Well, I don't have anything to do. Well, just sit and talk to him. Maybe he don't want you with stuff to do all the time. Maybe he's the one person in your life who wants to free you up from a lot of to-dos, a lot of tasks, a lot of nonsense. Free yourself up. I found that when I was, God was healing me of depression. He had me to get comfortable with quiet. Now, anybody who's depressed or, you know, forlorn, they'll tell you quiet is their enemy. Because you don't want to be alone with your thoughts. You don't want to let your mind run rampant, you know. But I had to get accustomed to being comfortable in quiet. So that was my discipline. I would have to be, well, God, I want to do this. I could be doing this and I could be doing, I could, no. You sit and you get comfortable with the quiet because you're going to need that. Now, he didn't tell me I was going to need it later to work for him. But if that was all that was offered to me, that's my discipline. That's what I have to stick with and not let the enemy talk me out of it. When God gives you ministry to do, that's your discipline. Sometimes we wonder, you know, I I was ministering, I was talking to people all the time, you know, at this season in my life, and, and then all of a sudden it dried up. Well, God put you under a new discipline. He'll bring that back to you. As long as you're following him, you don't call the shots as to what you do. He does. You know, sometimes, you know, the devil beat you up. Well, how come you don't? witness the people as much as you used to and you start praying for God send people send people nobody comes you're un- you're following him you ain't following the devil telling you how to do God's ministry and see people of God we've got to be more acquainted with what he expects from us when we talk about following him you know people say, I don't have time for that you don't know what I have to do you don't know what he can do for you if you just let that go and follow him he knows you got too much to do that's why he tells you to let it go and trust him fretting and worrying and carrying on is not going to get it to you no faster than thanking God and worshiping him and expecting Just let your expectation be there. Let your expectation be from God. So humbling yourself to God, step one. Living out of the fruit of the spirit and not your circumstances. You have to train yourself to be content no matter what state you're in and live out of the fruit of the spirit of God. When you see yourself being obedient to God and nobody else is, you've got to quit looking around to see what everybody else is doing. Keep your, like the Bible says, Jesus set his face like a flint. You know what that means? Anybody tried to stop him got pierced. So you got to live like that. Oh, people say, oh, you mean, you nasty, you don't like me. And I know, baby, I'm going somewhere you ain't going. And you better not get in my way. See, and everybody, that that shocks everybody. It's not Christian. That's not nice. No, it's not. 
It's business. Like the mafia tell you, don't take it personally, it's only business. I'm going to live 35 years for God and let somebody come up to me and tell me I'm wrong. You never had that power over another person. God tells a person when they're wrong. So you live out of the fruit of the spirit, not circumstances. Your discipline will help you to endure hardship and avoid the temptation to flee. Your discipline does that for you. The fact that you maintain a follow Jesus mentality. Whatever he tells you to do, you don't pick and choose. You just go ahead and do what he tells you to do. Somebody around you needs your witness. But your witness won't be what God wants it to be if you don't follow him. Huh? God is so perfect in what he does. He includes everything and everybody in every decision that he makes. Nobody in your situation will be shortchanged if you follow him. You've got to trust God. You can't help most of the people in your environment. But if you will follow God, he will help them for you. He will undertake in every situation. So we can leave people alone. You know, quit worrying about them. Quit making it a problem. Quit having to deal with people. And just follow the Lord. So we endure hardship to avoid the temptation to flee. Joyce Meyer was saying that she had a situation that came up. She, there was a church that uh, she used to attend, and they you know, threw her out, said she was bad minister and all this kind of stuff. She was false, wasn't supposed to be preaching. It was one of them, probably one of them female things that you know, denominational people do. I don't know how they can say they love God and think women are dirt. <coughs> they do. I mean, not that we didn't come from earth, but you know what I'm saying. Women are less. And so she said that she had sent letters to him, apologized, and wanted to reconcile, all that kind of stuff. And and, uh, she said that she found they were raising money for something. She even sent a check. They sent the check back. And she said one day the secretary, her secretary told her those people from the church, the leadership was out in the office wanting to see her. She was mad as a hornet. See, discipline. You got to instantly forgive everybody. See, she shouldn't have been mad all that time. You got me? You got me? You got me? So it became a test for her. It's always a test for us. Even though they treated her bad, they kicked her out, refused her every overture she made, they, they refused it, it's still a test for her. Why? Because she's got her sight set on something she wants from God if she's following the Lord. And she's not going to get there staying mad at these nutty people sent by the devil to mess her life up. So when she finds out they're out in the hallway <laughs> waiting to see her, 
she can either send them away and be just like them which we say we're better and we should say that because we're working on it or she could trust god god you caught me (laughs) you caught me still huh you caught me holding a grudge but i repent and i'm asking you to help me as all you throw yourself lawyer up throw yourself on the mercy of the court and see god had been training her she had such a hard life you know forgiveness has got to be central to her life in christ she got to discipline herself or she could fall right back into the mentality that she had before she met the lord she knows the stakes are high and so she said god you got to get me to the place in two minutes and then she found out god's word was true that if you confess he is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse right and right when you confess and you get cleansed immediately you understand you get freed up from that burden immediately and see most of us think it's going to take us five years to forget what some you don't forget you get cleansed what cleansed means there's no more dirt in your head about it anymore your emotions are freed up you don't have you know where you used to feel good because you could nurse that hurt because somebody hurt you somebody hurt me captain january you know that was miss shirley temple but you know what i'm saying you used to live out of nursing your hurts because that made you feel hmm put you on a throne look what they did to me and she used to live like that she'll tell you herself how god delivered her and kept working with her and getting her to learn how to love people let stuff go and she said by the time those people got in the office she was able to hear their apology see just just because somebody wronged you it don't mean god ain't working on them too the sooner you can and don't wait for that you don't need that in order to feel good about yourself you feel good about yourself because you obey the word you know you forgive people you let them go you know oh ask god to open the door don't go bum rushing nobody trying to tell them oh, i'm sorry i just came in uh-uh you let god open the door but you deal with it in the phone room first huh <laughs> you get that straight between you and god and then he can work and set something up let condemnation push you to try and get in somebody's face they punch you out if they ain't ready you understand what i'm saying (laughs) number four ask god to help you to conform not to change people places or things to suit you help you to conform he never promised you people would change for you to like them more people don't live we don't live off each other's likes huh well it's on facebook (laughs) but you know what i'm saying god never promised you that he promised he said when you look in the bible it said you love people 
You forgive people. You do that. Didn't say they have to do that back to you. We're to resist selfishness. God will take care of you. When you follow Jesus and live under the discipline of following him, God will take care of you without fail. We are to stay in his word and walk in the light of his truth. This is every day renewing your mind. Take a little bit more scripture and challenge the way you think. Take a little bit more of his word and challenge some of the thoughts that run through your mind that you know don't measure up to the word of God. Following is not following unless it is immediate. You've got to understand that. And if it's not immediate and consistent, you're not really following. You have to let go of what you think is so important in life and let God have it. You know, really, most people live off of concessions in God, in the kingdom. They're not really where he wants them to be, but they can get a little bit of something off of him by obeying some things that they just, you know, the the minimum. I do everything, I let go of everything but this one thing I hold on to. Because many times, because we have faith for that, we think that that's all that there is. So sometimes we can overwork a faith principle or overwork a scripture and try to make it the whole thing when Jesus wants you to continue to walk with him and add more to that. We, we the Bible says that, that God has a banquet set for us. There, you, you dine at the Father's table, the children's bread. We have a, a daily bread from God every single day. He sets the table for the things that he knows will nourish us that we need to face the challenges that we have down here on earth every single day in every area of our lives. Most Christians wind up like the woman's daughter that needed to be healed, eating the crumbs off the table. Why? We don't want to divorce ourselves. We think we have to hold on to our insecurities or we won't get what we want from God. There's always this little condemnation that, oh, God wants me to let go of this. Well, if I let go, we struggle so much because it's working pretty good, me handling it the way I'm handling it. But if I let go of that and let God have everything, what's that going to mean for me? How do I know this is God telling me to let go of my stress over it or my the, the thing I got built up in it already? I can't just quit that. I got to hold on to that for what? That's why we, we start praying for the job, not doing what we wanted to. We start praying for the, you know, whatever, not want, doing what we wanted to. All because we don't understand that that can be taken care of by developing the discipline of following him. So when you follow him, you can roll your cares over onto him as they come. Disconnection notice, foreclosure notice, you can roll that over on him because you're following him. 
You don't have to stress about anything. You don't know how this is going to come. You never know how it's going to come. But if you're following him and you have that discipline, you can roll that over on him with confidence and know he's taken up the slack for you. Know he'll be, it'll be there on time. Check out with him, God, am I doing what you want me to do? This has come upon me and it's a shock to me. How can I get to the place where you just follow the discipline? People look at you and say, well, you're not worried about, no, because God has this. He has me and I have him and I have his covenant promise on this thing that he won't leave me and forsake me. He's coming to bat for me. Well, you know, you, you don't do this right. And you don't do that right. No, and devil, you don't either. But I tell you one thing, my sins are forgiven. He's not holding anything against me. And if I made some steps, God, I'm going to get myself in the discipline that I need to get into to make this a sure thing, to make this a consistent thing. You think these preachers that, that have millions of dollars worry about if they did something wrong or not? Man, they've been in a discipline so long, and you, you know, they Lester Summerall, he, he, they, well, everything people over him and God told him to do, he did it. You know, I was listening to him talk about some of his testimonies. You know how you go back to the old timers and they say, I, I need something fresh, God, get me an old timer, you know. <laughs> you heard it before, but you need it fresh. And he said he was told by a minister that God called him to work with. You got to get get to this place yourself. They're going somewhere in Asia. You got to get there yourself. We don't talk about money. So it wasn't like, you know, you, you Pastor Shirley, you can go to her and get her to pray for you. I need a raise in my job. Can you please pray? No, they didn't do that. You take care. See, that's going to be your discipline. If you can believe God for the money to get there and you can get there, then we minister together. He said, if, if you don't get there, when I get there, I'll be there for X number of days. You, you, you'll catch up when you get, you'll catch up when you catch up, when your faith catches up. And he was a new believer. And the man didn't cut him any slack. That's a blessing. When people don't cut you slack because you're new. When they expect you to follow Jesus just like they follow Jesus. I'm not for weaning people off poverty. You understand that way of thinking? I can't do it. You don't wean people off of that. They got to cut it off themselves and let it go. And start thinking like believers. Lester Summerall said he stayed up all night and prayed for a ticket so he could get on. He knew that bus was on, uh, was a ship leaving that morning. He stayed up all night and prayed, didn't eat anything. He said the, the, he was in a little hotel rooming house type thing. The lady knocked on his door at 6 o'clock for breakfast. No, I'm not having any. And he said, she said, well, you know, what should I do? Just take it away. I'm not having it. He stayed with the discipline. He didn't feel sorry for himself at 6 o'clock and say, maybe I should get something to eat. He stayed with the discipline. He told God he was not going to move until he brought him a ticket or money to get on that boat. And an hour later, a man knocked on the door, told him, God kept me up all night. He told me I should get tickets for you. You know what, know what he told Brother Summerall? 
we know you're wealthy. That's what took him so long. See, the devil can put out an evil report on you to hinder what God wants to do for you. But you got to understand how to stay with God anyway through the discipline. Lester Summerall was so not worried about things throughout his ministry just because of starting out in the discipline, having to fend for himself with his own faith, develop your own faith. He said one morning, early in the morning, middle of the night or something, the devil moved his bed across the room. Boom, 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 boom. He woke up and told him, move it back. Most of us, God wouldn't even let the devil mess with us like that. You understand what I'm saying? But see, this man kept the discipline even when he was asleep. Nothing catches him by surprise. He slept in the spirit of God. He breathed the spirit of God. He ate and drank the spirit of God. That's why at 80 years old, God gave him a new ministry. And he didn't, he didn't whine and refuse. He just asked God, he said, you know how old I am? Because it took him by surprise. He probably had his own plans for when he was going to, you know, slack off. You don't slack off. You go out the same way you... You understand what I'm saying? The devil don't slack off. Brother Summerall said he told God, he said, um, he said, why don't you give this to a younger man? He said, I have tried several of them. They steal the money. He said, you're old enough now. I know I can trust you. (laughs) You got me? Discipline. You want that report from God that he knows he can trust you. Even after you've been at this 70 years like Brother Summerall was, 60 years, whatever it was. You want to be trustworthy to God all the way down the line. I'm telling you, discipline will do it for you. You got me? Discipline will do it. So work on that. Let God have that. Follow. What do I do for you today, Jesus? How do I follow you? Show me. Some of us don't even know. That's why we never mix our faith with scriptures like that because we, well, I'm saved. No, follow him and really be saved. Amen. Let's quit. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for discipline and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that disciplined people are not strange. They are the norm. I thank you, Lord, to point out more and more people in our midst who have that discipline in you. So we can have fellowship with the right people. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.